regrette rien Ni le bien Chagrin, mes plaisirs, je n'ai plus besoin de balayer les amours avec leur trémolo, balayer pour toujours, je repars à zéro. Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, and as you can tell from that introduction, this is a little bit of a different episode. It is number 200. In keeping of our theme of every 100 episodes, we have the most boring person I can think of on. That's me. I have my hand raised with a special guest um, interviewer. Um, so that's that's why we have that. Anyway, um, I thought, who should I get this time? I had some suggestions and some good ideas, but um, since one of my most popular episodes was the first one this year with my good friend Anne-Marie Dunhill, who better to um, put me under the grill? Actually, somebody that's like a sort of a real journalist. So that's what we did. And uh, I had a good time. It's actually kind of fun just answering. So um, let's do it. And uh, we'll see who uh, gets to do number 300. So even though it's not my podcast, I'm still going to tell you to go fast, take chances, and... Um, Thanks for listening for the last, like, four-plus years. Um, all right. Bye. Hello. I'm here. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, it's really weird because I don't hear the ringing. <clears throat> okay. It says it's ringing. I could, I, I, I could hear it ringing. Oh, well. Um, but it, it didn't say when I connected. Oh. Happy Mother's Day. 
Uh, well, I'm not a mother, but thank you. <laughs> well, you kind of mother that chili dog, and I think mothering is an energy, so I wish everybody a happy Mother's Day. Okay, we'll take that. So, And so vice versa. Cool. Vice versa, even though you're in France, those heathens don't celebrate it. Oh, we do, but not until June, so it's very confusing because everybody wishes me happy Mother's Day early. They do it differently in England, in France, and in the United States. So it's all very confusing. Huh. That's it. Well, I mean, <clears throat> why do they have to be all the same time? But it would be it would be rather it would be rather useful. It would be. I think. So. <laughs> Is that Stevie I hear in the background? Yeah, Stevie's here. Chili's sleeping underneath me, but I, we sent Jimmy with Paulette because it's spring and she's being hormonal. Oh, get outside. Out you go. Well, Randy, welcome to your podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a rare treat and an honor to talk on a microphone. <laughs> well, congratulations on your 200th. That's a rather special occasion. Should we pop some champagne? How are we going to celebrate this? Oh, I think we should celebrate with me asking you some questions. What do you think? Uh, you know, it's going to be so much easier not having to think of having to direct the conversation that I'm... If this works out, we're just I'm gonna just hand it over to you. <laughs> well, I think that was the idea, but No, forever. You, I, I know that I would, 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 oh, forever no. <laughs> about for the two hundredth episode. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well I noticed I was going to say well, I noticed when I in, when you were interviewing me that I actually took control of it and just ran away with it. So um, let's try. I'll try to be better behaved this time. Yeah, uh, so first of all, hit, congratulations to yeah. PA One for its 200th episode. But remember, history was never made by <laughs> by by normal women. <laughs> does, there, does a normal woman exist? That's another topic. Mm, yeah. Um, no. So to start to start our interview, okay. Mr. Erickson. I thought that we could do something. I'm going to pretend that I don't really know you, and I'm going to do something called the Proust Questionnaire, okay. which was um, something that was started, I thought, because I live in France, I do it this way. Um, and it was something that was popularized by the French writer Marcel Proust. And Vanity Fair, on the last page of their magazine, always asked this question of famous people. And since you're a famous person, I thought I'd ask you the Proust questionnaire. Okay. So here we go. <clears throat> it's just a series of questions, and you don't have to think too much. You okay. just have to answer. All right? Yep. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. This podcast is taking off. What is your idea of perfect happiness? Um, well, right now, at home, everybody's here. It's a well. It could be sunny, but um, I like being at home with the birds and the dog and the wife, and um, you know, as long as she's not home too much. <laughs> okay. What is your greatest fear? Um. Okay. This isn't real quick, and this really sounds really dumb, and I never thought about this till I heard people talking about it. But right. But. Sometimes when you're driving, you think, what if I just turn to the right and off this cliff? Interesting. That's very I, interesting. I mean, when, did people, yeah. when, did you, when did this come on your radar as a possibility? Well, I actually listening to podcasts and listening to people talk about it. Um, who is it? Oh, Chris Hardwick. He doesn't have a fear of heights, but when he's in the mountains, that's what he's afraid he'll do. That's why he's afraid of the mountains. Um Okay. So okay. It, it, 
I mean, I don't think I really am afraid of anything else. I am a little claustrophobic or a lot sometimes, but I don't know if that, I guess that right. is a fear. But yeah, it's just that weird thing. I don't think you'd ever do it, but when you hear somebody talk about that, then you're driving, on, you know, and you're like, what if I just did that? So That's interesting. I think I've read people having that before. Yeah. Um, I think I'll do some research after we hang up, okay. and I'll get back to you on that. Okay, which historical figure do you most identify with? Um, <laughs> who has the biggest ego in history? Napoleon. <laughs> oh, it's a toss-up. So. But but I thought Napoleon had short man syndrome. Well, isn't that I, well? I um. That's, um, I would say, okay, who's somebody that has a lot of ego that can't really back it up? <laughs> I don't know. But basically, you're confessing to being short and having a big ego. Let's go on to the next question. Okay. This is not going well. <laughs> which, which, which living person do you most admire? Um, okay, can I be sappy a little bit? Of course. Paulette Kirby. Uh, oh, would you like to expand on that? Um, probably the toughest person I've ever met. Not, right? Maybe not real bright because she married me, but um, there's just no quit in her ever. I mean, her okay. Her mantra is, um, is this going to kill me? And if, if it's no, you just keep going. So, okay. And, uh, you know. Okay. And is that that's in life in general, in racing? In life in general. So, okay. I mean, okay. Shout out to Paulette. Yeah. Hey. I mean, I I That's hate to be a little bit serious, but I'm I'm sure we'll get into the frivolity later. <laughs> well, we'll just see where we'll see where this car ride is taking yep. us. Okay. What is what is a trait you most deplore in yourself? Ooh. Um. I'm lazy. Okay. No, and what is I can't be lazy. Quick, quick answers because we got a whole list of questions. Okay. So we'll just put you down as lazy short man. What is a trait you most deplore in others? Um, let's see. I know what I know what it is. Um, I guess the, the easy answer is lying or being stupid. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> kind of two kind of hand in hand, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Okay. What is your greatest extravagance? Um, podcasts. Not that. Not that. Not, okay, podcasts. Yeah. Not that they're like um, fiscally extravagant, but I listen to a lot of them. Okay. Okay. And what is your favorite journey? Well, journey the band, of course. Oh <laughs> yes. Okay, let's 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 take a side road real quick. What's your favorite Journey song? Um, don't stop. Is that all right? Yeah. All right. Which I have, I think what? I've used for Go people. Ahead. I've used that for somebody on the podcast. I think. So, but. Okay, very good song. Yeah. So, what do you consider the most overrated virtue? Um, virtue. Most overrated would be. Hmm. Would be honesty. Okay, but okay. <laughs> no, I can't debate with you on this. So, on what occasions do you lie? Um, for others. Okay. 
And what do you most dislike about your appearance? Well, my hair is such a pain to take care of all the time. So. <laughs> it must cost you a fortune in beauty oh, products. It sucks. <laughs> okay, and which living person do you most despise? Oh, do I have to say it? <laughs> you can t- you can take a joker on any question. Oh, no, I, it, it, it is the current president of the United States. I think politics society is just not a good person. Okay, and which word or phrases do you most overuse? Me, I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Napoleon. Yep. What is your greatest regret? Hmm. Um. Not. Um. Not. Um. Um. Not being a media person sooner that's not possible. Okay. Can Can I expand um, just a second on that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Cause, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because when I started bike racing, I didn't start till I was in my mid twenties. It. I think, right. and I was really good. And you, you think, well, you just started when you were, you know, thirteen, fourteen. But, I, but that never bothered me. Um, and is is there a reason you didn't start earlier? No, I wasn't athletic. I was like, let's have fun. So, but I never regretted okay. not doing that. But it's kind of like, man, I sure would have been kind of cool to have been back uh, shooting this stuff, like in. You know, Primal Quest, Moab, and those kind of days. So I regret that a little bit, but you can't do anything about it. Okay, so we can say you're kind of a late bloomer? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And what no, what or who is the greatest love of your life? Well, I probably I probably can't say Chili Dog, so I'll say Paulette. Okay. Both fantastic ladies. Yes. When and where were you happiest? Um, now, here. Okay. And which talent would you most like to have? Um, I suppose being able to play guitar. Just because I like okay. guitarists, and I, but I understand my limitations. <laughs> okay. Well, this isn't in the questionnaire, but a question that popped up to my mind okay. Was if you were a guitarist, if you had that talent, which group any of any groups in the world would you want to play with? Um, well, Double Trouble now that Stevie Ray's not there, so they're probably the best rhythm section ever. They're they're okay. See, I would listen to them still, like with headphones on, especially at night, and literally could not tell the difference between the bass and the drum. They were so in sync. I mean, literally, I just tried to, um, to to sort them out in my head to the different sounds, and there's... Right, right. It's like, that's that's magic. Okay. So, musical magic. Okay. And what is your current state of mind? Um, I'm probably psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And if you could change one thing about yourself, Randy Erickson, what would it be? Oh, I'd hate being short. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, honestly, nothing. I, I, I have no problems with anything about me. Are you short? I don't remember you being I'm short. I'm not, but we're, we got on the Napoleon thing, so. 
<laughs> oh, okay, so we'll have you down as a midget, and then when people meet you in real life, they'll say, "Hang on a Wait. sec." <laughs> you're t- well, you're a lot taller Wait a minute, in real you life. False foods. <laughs> yeah. like, Wait a minute, I don't remember you being short. Yeah. All right. If you could change one thing about your family, what would it be? Um, I guess if my dad was still alive, it'd be cool. Okay, fair enough. And what do you consider to be your greatest achievement? Hmm. Well, let's see. I am going to go. What am I going to do? Um. Quality of life. We've uh, Paulette and I have achieved a um, a balance of work and play. And and some days, not always, some years, we get to push way to the play side. And some years are more to the work side. And I think that's a, you know, we we specifically talk like we're not going to wait till we retire to uh, play because then you're too old. So, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's a pretty good achievement. That, that seems like a very fair achievement. So you would say that uh, you prioritize experience over monetary gain? Absolutely, yeah. So, like, like I'm, okay. I've... You know, so the first like, six months of this year, I made a trip to Belize and, and working a lot. But then, you know, hopefully at the end of the year, I'll be traveling a lot and working less. So it works out. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. And if you were to die and come back as a person or thing, what do you think it would be? Um, I want to come back as one of my animals. <laughs> <laughs> I think Stevie agrees. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is your most treasured possession? Um, all right, I'm just going to go strictly, strictly, um, material. And I really like my Nikon D800. (laughs) Okay, and why is that? Um, well, for some reason, apparently, really, really, really good photos. Okay. Yeah. Are you sponsored by Nikon? No, I don't. I, I, and honestly, I don't really have a lot of things that. Oh, okay. I do have two things. I'm going to say that I really, really enjoy because they're both adventure racing things that I'm really proud of. One's my um, plaque from Cowboy Tough because I was there all five years. Right. And they so the people that were all five years in Wyoming got a. A little mounted map with all the courses on it, and my um, my Hall of Fame plaque. So, yeah. What's about your Hall of Fame plaque? From my Adventure Race Hall of Fame induction. Go on. Well, it's just this really cool little plaque, and what I like about it because it's, it's let's see, it says uh, photographer, videographer, and storyteller, and I li- I really like the fact I like. Learning that I'm a storyteller. Okay, with your images, how do you feel you're a storyteller? Um, because I don't really, I don't think I take pictures. I don't really do videos. I don't really interview people. But if you put those all together, they're telling a story. So that seems like something to be mighty proud of. Okay. Yeah. And what do you regard as the lowest depth of misery? Uh, th- van in Costa Rica with 11 <laughs> journalists 
all wanting to go different places. <laughs> what day of the race was that? Had anybody showered? Um, actually, it was a couple of days in. It was pretty. It was pretty not fun. I mean, it got it, it got okay. It got to be by the end of the race. It was one of the best experiences ever. But right. those first few days were, yeah, pretty miserable. Now, how, tell, tell me about how diplomacy worked on that. Do, were there people who carried more weight? Was there any ego meltdowns? Do you want to elaborate on that? I don't think anybody melted down particularly. Um, it was more a lot of not communicating. Um, it it, it kind of, okay, I think this is the way it worked. And this was a while ago, and I've tried to erase it from my memory. But <laughs> But I think whoever could make the best argument to the driver is where we went. <laughs> so basically whoever could speak Spanish. Yeah. Yep. And but but by the end of it we were all sitting in the little bar on the on the Nicaraguan border waiting for who were we waiting for? I don't remember. For many hours with the uh football game on the black and white T V with a lot of static in it was one of the best experiences ever. So, Weren't you waiting for Jackie and Mimi's yep. at that point? that's who it was, yeah. Okay. So. Okay. That sounds like it was very interesting. So you're telling me on that race that they had all the media in one bus? One bus with no maps. Um, <laughs> oh, go on. Do, do go on. Do tell. So the only, the only way we found the race the first day after they started is we ran into to Earring Doug who was down there, and he knew where he was going. <laughs> right. So we followed and how him. And how did he, how did, wait a minute, how did he know where he was going well, and the media didn't? Because he had maps. <laughs> and how did he have maps? Well, he was down there with Tech New at the time, so. Right. And, uh, yeah, he knew what was going on. So, and, and I That was, sounds like it was rock and roll. Yeah. And I will say, you know, that was my first international race, so I'm kind of, and I'm kind of, um, like what am I doing here? Yeah, you know, right. I'm not a air quote journalist. When they were like, so you had impo- so you had imposter complex big time. Yeah, so I'm just kind of like whatever. But but there were certain things that I thought were good. What we should have done. Um, you know, if in the same situation today, I would, I would just tell them where to go. <laughs> okay, okay, would, but you, but you also you were also rocking that adorable umbrella. It is a highlight of the life of my life. Maybe that should be my best. Uh, best. <laughs> but and you know the reason why that is so important. Even the is because Rob had bought an umbrella for like fifteen dollars the day before. Right. Wait, 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 who? You, you, not everybody knows who we're talking That's about. True. So can you go on, Mister Sleep Monster himself, Rob Howard? Okay. So he'd found found an umbrella in where we were staying and. Well, to be fair, I thought that's a really good idea, but then I right. but then I found my little kids one for two dollars. So <laughs> I like the colors; <laughs> they're very bright. And if you want to see what it looks like, it's on the cover of the website for the podcast. Very cool yeah. indeed. All right, we we've, we've gotten a little bit off our question okay. here, so I'm going to bring it back because we're almost finished, and then we'll go into the serious questions. Okay. okay? So, where would you most like to live? Um, nowhere but here, the Black Hills. Perfect, 
perfect. And what is your favorite occupation? Well, I would have to say mine, being a remodeler that gets to do, you know, pretty much in the last six years, I do a job and it's basically like you do what you want to do and we're fine. So I think that's a, I'm good with that. That's freedom. All right. And what is your most marked characteristic? My most, say it again. What is your most marked characteristic? What if somebody if somebody was describing you? Oh. What would they say? Oh, if somebody was describing you and said, guess who this person is, people would instantly recognize you by that. What is that? Um, uh, that's good. I, I don't want to say anything bad on my own podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> are you taking a joker on this one? No. Um, okay. Uh, since we're sort of, I would say um, confidence. Okay. I may not Sorry. be right, but I'd be confident about it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Maybe this will lead into the next question. Okay. What is a quality that you most like in a man? Um, I, I, okay. Are, are you going to ask me the next one in a woman? Obviously. Okay. Um, I'm going to say in a man is um, loyalty. Okay. And since I can, we know the question, and, and in a woman, it's confidence. Fair enough. And so that goes on to what do you most value in your friends, which would probably be loyalty, but I can't second guess you. Um, yeah, I think, um, uh, no, actually that that's good, but I think um, it's not quite loyalty. It is... Um, I guess it is. I'm, I was trying to say like being there. And that's loyalty, so that's kind of okay. splitting hairs. Yep. Okay. And who are your favorite writers, living or dead? Um, let's see. I am going to turn the question around a little bit. No, I'm going to cheat. Um, the writers for The New Yorker. Okay. So, there's a lot of them. <laughs> but, yeah, that's probably my um, – it's – well, I read it cover to cover every week, obviously. But um, – because it, as far as, like, authors of books and stuff, I'm not a literature-type person. I'm more of a right. um, uh, history, pop culture thing. Um, and and the one, the only one that I can even tell that I can't think of his name is a guy that wrote a book called The Sevens, and because it freaked me out so much. It's a it's science fiction about the earth okay. about the Earth ending, and his descriptions of the people living in space in these little ten foot pods just literally freaks me. So, I'm in. fair enough. All right, we are down to our last questions. Uh oh. So, who are your heroes in real life? Um, well, I'm, hmm, I don't think there are heroes. I think there are people that you admire. I don't think I have a hero. Um, okay. But I'm going to say, go ahead. I really admire Nathan Favey. 
adventure. That's where an adventure race, because I think that guy has. When I, I think I mentioned this when I talked to him. That guy has had so many, has seen so many chances in his life, but he always noticed them, and I think that's really cool. I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right. Anything else you'd like to say on that before we move on to the next question? No. But I mean, well, I mean, if you really want to be me to be your hero, I am. I am. I'll, I can be bought. Hello, Napoleon. <laughs> right. So, and how would you? We have two more questions. Okay. How would you like to die? Um, I don't know how I'd like to. I know how I am. So, can you explain? <laughs> Every time I open the window to fill the bird feeder with seed, I'm like. This is how I'm going to die. I'm going to slip and fall out this window. <laughs> I really hope this is not a premonition. <laughs> and that people will be referring to this podcast in a couple of years' time at your funeral. I really hope this is not a scoop. <laughs> I, honestly, if it, if it was like in 50 to 20 years, I'd be, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Maybe we need to change something around the bird feeder. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and the last question. What is your motto? Um, um, let's see, um, man, I, I have a lot of cliche ones, but I, but I'm, I'm going, and I'm going to go cliche. It's just like, um, do it. Oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 do know I really do have one. This is surprising. Okay. <laughs> Why wouldn't you say yes? Fair enough. Do you want to elaborate? Well, anytime somebody says, do you want to do this? Why wouldn't you say yes? Does that mean in life that you always say yes and that you never say no? Um, you always the default is always to start with yes. Okay. You can say no later, but why would you say? Um, okay, example: my friend James, well, <laughs> I was down in Mexico for the Baja last Stevie. And he calls. What, what was the what? What wait? Stop. Walk us back a minute. What's the Baja? The Baja One Thousand off-road truck race. Okay. It's like adventure racing for high horsepower, high dollar trucks. Okay. <laughs> so we're driving down the road, and James calls me. and says, "You want to go to Iceland next year and and uh, with me and and take pictures?" And I just said yes. <laughs> Why wouldn't you say yes? <laughs> what? I suppose it would depend on the proposition. So I suppose you'd have to be in a good space where the propositions you get are very positive. Maybe it's what you put out comes back to you. What do you think? Uh, it could be. I think it's just, yeah. I mean, if you say no, then you'll never do it. I mean, you can always not do it, but you got to give yourself the chance to to do it. I mean, I just, uh, I just told another team that Paulette would go to Patagonia with them, so... So sometimes you told another team that Paulette would go with them. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm like her agent, but so you always say yes. <laughs> so not only do you say yes for yourself, but you say yes for other people. Yeah. Why not? They can say no later, but Fair enough. keep your options open. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, thank you very much. That was just our little quick questionnaire. Thank you, Marcel Proust. Uh, to break the ice yep. for those who don't really know you, who haven't listened to your podcast over all the years. So that will give them a little bit of better idea of who they're dealing with. Now let's get into some adventure racing okay. questions. You okay with I'm that? I'm good. Bring it. All right, let's go. Okay. All right. Just a minute. Now go. Can I ask? Okay. Can I ask you a question first? 
because this is just something that just occurred to me in the last week. Whose interview is this? Well, I don't <laughs> Go want ahead. So do you ever get a random image seen in your mind and have to think where that was, what race that was, when it was? Because I realize I do yes. that. It's, yes, all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I find when I'm talking to people, I'll say, yes, remember this or this race? And they'll look at me and say, Anne-Marie, I wasn't there. And I'm convinced they were there. Or I'll just have images and I'll say, like, remember that fantastic meal? Or remember that outrageous waterfall? And nobody will know what I'm talking about. And it's, it, people find it very strange, but everything just kind of comes to be a blur. Yep. I, of just magic moments. Yep. It came into focus. I had this daydream of driving down this road with all these trees planted in straight lines and just I mean the whole scene was there and it's like oh yeah that was Ecuador the second day when we were going to the the paddle takeout with the dark zone it's like I do that all the time good I'm glad it's not just me (laughs) no it's not just you but can I tell you something that happens to me that I find really really strange and I want to see if it happens to you I don't know if it happens to anybody else but sometimes I'll dream of – in nighttime, I'll dream of a scene mm. and I have no idea what it is. And I'll go and I'll cover an adventure race and I'll see that scene again. Mm. And I'll say, oh, that's what I was dreaming about. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, not to that specific. I mean, you know, that's it. But, you know, that's the glitch in the matrix deja vu thing. It's so interesting it, when it happens. I, yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, I, I can't say that I've ever done it for an adventure race, but I've, I've yeah, I know what you mean. And it's, it would, and it's really cool because you notice it, I think. You're like, oh. Well, if you, if you, if you don't notice it, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like being hit over the head with a, with a log. Yeah. I mean, it's like, wait a minute. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here. So. All right. Okay. So that was, that was, was that the question you wanted to yep. ask? That was my aside. Okay, can I go back to my list? Yes, you... Is it okay if I go back to my list, or do you want to keep talking no, about No, no, you're good. We're good. Okay. Okay. So my question to you was, you said in your interview with, when Kyle was interviewing you on your 100th mm-hmm. interview, that celebratory interview of the 100th podcast, yeah. that it was more difficult to get women than men on your podcast. And that seems to have changed lately because you've had a lot of women. What do you think the ratio of men to women on your podcast has been now that we're on the 200th? I would say 40% women, maybe. Um, so has it gotten easier? I think so. I, and, and I think maybe part of that is because it's a the podcast is a real thing. Um, you know, maybe like for the first that 50 episodes or something, it's what, huh, what, who, uh, what? What's a podcast? Who are you? Where? Right. Um, but I will, will say this last group and i was kind of making fun of it wasn't specifically um trying to get women on i mean i i if, if you know what i mean it, it wasn't like oh, i'm gonna have a whole bunch of women on the podcast it just turned out to get a whole bunch of interesting women so um it so that just kind of came together it, it wasn't a deliberate policy decision on your behalf. no no so and okay Okay, so we're at about a 40-60 ratio. Fair enough. I think so. I'm, without counting them up, I would, I, I'm would. i hoping it's at least that much. So. All right. Well, can we can we step into Randy Erickson, the legendary Randy Erickson, 
as a photographer filmmaker? Do you prefer shooting expedition or stage races? Um, expeditions, I think. Why? Um, it's more. It's the real sport, I think. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a stage race, but um, I think you're out there a little more in a in an expedition mm-hmm. than a stage race. You know, it's a little more civilized. Um, is it good? Oh, I I get to do it. I get to do it. That's a good question. <laughs> but yeah, I, <laughs> well, as as an interviewer. I always get kind of a little uh, a little thrill when I get a that's a good question. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know what I've noticed listening to podcasts? What on my, on my on my part that when I hear people say that's a good question, it's usually when they're trying to buy for time as they think of their answer. So saying that's a good question actually gives them a little chance to think a bit longer. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I notice listening to podcasts. Well, I think it's all right. No, I think it's true, but. But a good question, what you think? So. Which is a whole idea of a podcast. Yeah. So I'm going to say expedition, even though maybe I don't really have a good reason. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so let's pretend we're on an expedition race. What is, and you're out there covering it, what is your favorite part of race coverage? Um, finding a good pizza place. <laughs> Okay, and what's your least favorite part? Um, that is um oh, that is really easy. No Wi-Fi. Oh yes, I think we can all relate to that. Yep. <laughs> Might be why you don't have great need for hair care products. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But okay, go ahead. Um, no, I just like um. I mean, I like to be able to spend a little bit of a time with a team. I mean, I think that's the best part is when you can spend, you know, you can't spend all day with them anymore like I used to. But if you can, you know, even do 10 or 15 minutes and, and uh, you know, walk with them or something, I think that's when you get the best best stuff. They don't – they, they – they, even if you're just taking pictures, they start to ignore you. So it's when you can spend a little bit of and, time. Well, you, you you said that you can't spend days with them anymore. Was there a reason for that? Well, it's just the nature of the coverage. I mean, we want, you know, people want what what happened an hour ago. That the, You know, the dot watchers see what happened an hour ago, not what happened yesterday. So, you know, when I first started out, um, yeah, I, okay, like, Expedition Idaho. I went with. I followed Tim Bones for twenty hours on a right. on a track, you know, filming and talking and shooting and you know. And those were the days. Then you did that, and then you spent six months. You edited a film and put it out, and people didn't watch that. So now you got to have something in you know an hour ago that's three minutes that people don't watch. So that's what I miss. So. <laughs> So 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 if you so if you were so if you were comparing the two, so you're saying you were you were missing that just being out in the field. If you were comparing from a professional satisfaction point of view, you would you would say you prefer the old school as opposed to what you're doing now. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, no. 
it was it was just fun to be out there with them. <laughs> it was like you're racing, but you're not you're racing. Playing. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I really liked the, the immediacy because um, it, it almost makes it a race for us. You know, because we're out there, we get to do it, but then got to like. We got to get it. We got to get some up. Got to get it up. People want to see it. So I like that. Um, I do like the immediacy of it now. Okay. And lead, leading into that also, when you're when you're out there, do you get family members contacting you asking for information privately on their team? Does that ever happen Oh, to yeah. You? All the time. And, and, and what's your policy on that? Oh, if I know anything, I'll tell them. Um, but right. generally, I'm like, you have a lot better internet than I do. <laughs> so. Well, and you know that's true. We we really don't usually know what's going on big picture during a race. Um, you know, we're we're really good with what's happening within a quarter mile of where we are in the last twenty minutes. But um, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, you know, sometimes you can uh, you can help them out. You know, you were there when when. Uh, Bex's mom was asking about the Colts in uh, in, Ecuador. in Ecuador. Yeah, and it just so happened that you and and um, who, um, Luis had just seen them. So right. so I was able to send her a message like, "Yep, yeah, they're fine." So so and that's fun. Um, and then the uh, the kicker of that is then you, then you're walking down a beach in New Zealand in this. Kiwi lady comes running up and gives you a big hug that you don't know. <laughs> and it's Irene. <laughs> good karma yep. is always good karma. Exactly. It's interesting though because I often think about families back home because when we're out racing and uh, racing around trying to get things uploaded and in the pressure that you just described, we're so focused on that. But it must be so difficult for the families back home. My, da- my daughter is in South Africa at the moment, and she just did a, the uh, Africa's highest obstacle course race. And I went on the website, and I, 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 looked at, I looked at the details, and I looked at the altitude, and I just, as I said, I just went to bed and pulled the covers over my head and just, <laughs> just, just, just let this be over. It must be so hard to be the people at home because when you're doing it, you're just completely involved in it. You don't even think about it. But if you're if you're a loved one at home, it must be very difficult. That was the first time that the shoe was on the other foot, and I had great compassion for those at home. Yeah. So uh, two, Stevie, two two examples. Go ahead. So in Ecuador, I get a message from Yari Hyatt. Now, what was Yari's maiden name? Kirkland. Kirkland. Like so I got a message from her fiance that says, "If you see Yari, give her a hug from me." And right. I saw her like, you know, two hours later, and did, and she just started crying. Oh, <laughs> I mean, good, good crying, but oh. but um, then later when we were talking, it was kind of like she sort of needed it right then. You know, it just perfect timing. But and then as to the. Um, people back home it's like well hmm it's kind of different with me so like when paulette's and has raced in patagonia i'm kind of like right. don't really even worry don't i mean it's not there but when she's been at races where i've been the same one i'm i'm constantly like 
Where's she at? What's happening? What's what's going on? Where is it at? I'm I'm a, kind of a nervous wreck when we're at the same race, so I much rather. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I think I guess it's because you're there. You know, you are right there, but so she can go to Patagonia. Then I won't. Then I don't. I don't worry when <laughs> I don't far, worry the when other she's side there. Of the world. Yeah, I don't worry then. <laughs> so maybe we could take we could take an interview we would not we could take um what's the word in english sorry maybe we could take a survey of your listeners and their families and see who worries and who doesn't not just an off an off the off the cuff idea all right randy so could you walk us so you said that you like expedition racing Mm. shooting the best and you've told us your favorite part of race coverage and your least favorite part could you walk us through preparing for a shoot do you have any particular preparing to go out to cover a race? Do you have any particular rituals? Do you research the race location, uh, the geogra- the geographic location, the p- racers are going to be there, et cetera, et cetera? Could you walk us through that? Um, well, the short answer is no. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, well, okay, the short answer is no. The longer answer is yes, because yes has three letters. Right. Um, so... Things like God's Own, you know, XBD, not really pay much attention because you don't, you know, you don't really know where anything's going. So it's get there, get the information you can, you know, get the overview, and then I figure out the first day, you know, okay. what what's going to happen in the first six hours and have a plan. And then it's just like, go for it, because you know it's it's like a battle. You know, you got to plan until the first shot's fired. So I don't really overthink more than a day. Um, okay. You know, me. A lot of times, a race will you know you'll sit down with the race directors. They'll do a media briefing and say these are the really cool spots that we think you get good stuff, and that's usually true so you pay attention to those but the right. but the yes answer and and this is kind of an outlier for cowboy tough worlds um mark sent me the course i don't know four or five months ahead of time so i right. i spent a lot of time on google earth and and laying out things and and looking and getting routes and and part of that was doing videos, animations of the race and stuff. But um, you know, we had a lot of a lot of plan there. That I think we probably Chris and I, Chris Radcliffe, because Chris is kind of like, what are we doing? Because <laughs> he um, <laughs> sorry, who 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 is Chris Radcliffe? Uh, Chris Radcliffe, a photographer extraordinaire. Um, there's two people that I could travel with at a, at a race and wouldn't kill. I'm talking to one and he's the other. So there might be more, but I know I wouldn't kill you two. So. Okay. Well, I, Chris, I know you're listening to this. Sorry about that, but I had to let our yeah. wider audience know who you were. So that's why yeah. I had to push Randy a bit on this. Yeah. You know, I love you, Chris. I know who you are. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> making sure he doesn't kill me next time we're out together. Yeah. So we, um, okay. Yeah. So we had a pretty good but plan. Randy, go, go. Yeah. Okay, but go, okay. Going back to that, 
can I ask you to compare the two? So on, on the Cowboy Tough, you did months of preparation, mm-hmm. five months in advance, looking at everything. And other times it sounds like you're just it's not winging it, but you just go in and see what happens yeah. as it develops. Comparing the two, the work you got from the two different the two different ways of doing it, which one did you prefer? Which one were you most satisfied with? Mm, I'm not sure that there's a difference in the in the output. Um, I I would I if I could, I guess I would do the the cowboy tough model, but that's pretty hard to to uh, get courses and and do that right. ahead of time. Right. I mean, I, you know. Most race directors are pretty good. I mean, they understand. It's it's it's. Uh, I know how to keep a secret. <laughs> so, Randy, I if I told you that I've actually I've been given maps and actually slept with them down my shirt. <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> we keep secrets. Yeah. It's in our interest. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like well, going back. I can, go ahead. Yeah, I've got a. I don't have a course for for Untamed New England, but I. I have a rough idea where they're going, so I'll start thinking about that. But I, I don't know. I, for one thing, I don't. You know, most I don't think most adventure racers really want to know the course ahead of time. No, I agree with that. So it's it's not like it's it's not like I have people asking me where is it going. Um, but do you ever find sometimes they ask you like kind of sly questions, hoping you'll slip up? Um, not really. Um. So yeah, no, I'm gonna say no. I'd like I'd like to say they're really tricky and and they do, but and and it, and if they do, I understand it and I'm like, let's see. I think like oh well that's oh you're looking for Mount Rushmore. Well, that's in South Dakota. <laughs> I've used that on this before. So, well, going back to something you just said. You said there are only two people that you would co- you could cover races without wanting to kill, me being one and Chris Radcliffe being the other one. Do you find in the so if we could elaborate on that a little bit if you if you're comfortable doing it? Do you find within the media that there there are tensions? What's what's it like to work as part of a press group? You you refer to Costa Rica with eleven in the same bus. What's it like to be part of a group? Um, I honestly not really anymore that much, and I think a lot of that's me. Because right. if I I have two modes, I don't care where we go, and it, and wherever I ride, or if I do, I'll uh, I'll speak up and and uh, try to make it happen. So um, that, there are a lot of people I could spend time with. <laughs> but well, when you speak up and want to make things happen, do you? What is what 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 is you what is what is how how do you how do you do that? Do you are you do you impose yourself? Do you charm? How do you try to get things done? Well, I'm not very imposing and I'm not very charming. I'm not very analytical. Right. I don't know, but boyish good looks. I don't. No, I think it's <laughs> short boyish good yeah. looks. <laughs> I think it's just confidence. I mean, you just say I really think this is the right the right spot. Um, but I but I also pick. Pick and choose. Pick your battles. If it doesn't matter, it doesn't right. matter. Um, but if but if it really it does matter, then it really does matter. And I think that's I think most people recognize that. That yeah, this is this is important. Let's do it. I mean, it, it theoretically it should be good for everybody. So right, right, right. Since we're all in it together, yeah. 
Okay, and Randy, what do you, what do you do with the maps when a race is over? Um, they're all in the house someplace, having never been looked at since. <laughs> okay, so you you save them just in case. Yeah, um, you know, like like all cowboy tough ones are like, well, Wyoming is like literally fifteen minutes away in a straight line, so you know we could go there and it'd be fun to have those maps and. Um, and I think there's probably some that have have gone to the recycle now, but I don't know. It's fun to bring them home. You know, usually we'll look. You know, Paulette and I will sit down and look at them at least once. So, um, okay. But I don't make a big okay. deal if I don't have a set or if some or if we have a set and somebody wants them. If I don't have any, I'm fine now. It used to be I had to. I need. I had to have some to bring home. Right. You're talking. You're, you're talking about during the race itself. No, you need them during the race, but but if oh, when you say if you if you if you don't have a set, what is to that take mean? home? To take home. Okay, yeah, sorry, I'm good with that. But yeah, you you well, you need a set of maps. You need a set of racer maps, but then you also need general area maps, like um, absolutely. Well, like a God zone. They like we had racer maps, but then they gave us like a. Roadmap with, you know, the TAs just marked on it. It's like, oh, I can look at this and see where to go. So that's, you know, how to drive there. So that's, yeah. Okay, so it's, 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 it sounds like they, they were very dialed in where media was concerned. Yeah, and I think generally speaking, even since I started in 09, it, it, the media has become, you know, they have dialed that in for us a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to take a little credit for that, for always bitching about needing maps. <laughs> so, um, Do, are you are you prone to bitching? Asking politely may be a better word. A lot. <laughs> okay. Okay. The broken record technique. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So we've gone from preparing to cover the race to when you're out on the field and covering the mm -hmm. race, and when you get home. Yep. What is the absolutely first thing you do when you walk in the door after covering a race? Uh, I don't think I have a routine. Um, it depends. There, if it's a you know six, eight, ten day race, you know, a longer expedition, you know, it's more than like three. You're usually I'm ready to be home, so it's nice. Okay. If it's you know maybe three days, you've been gone for. You know, five, six, seven days with flying and stuff. It's I am still kind of like I'm not quite ready to be home yet, but I am. So I guess I'll have to deal with it. Um, <laughs> I want to stay out and play longer. Yeah, but but then there's certain. Um, well, like let's see, just just because it was the most recent thing. Actually, even um, well, it believes. Even though it was only a four-day race, you know, we spent another three or three and a half days afterwards down there. So I was ready to be home. It was good to be home. Whereas the first time okay. I went down there was just like for the four days of the race and came home. And it's like, I wish I'd still there. It was nice. <laughs> so, so. so you were very lucky to be able to go back another time and spend more time. Yes. Oops. Uh, what happened? Uh, I got a bird that's... Stevie's being all excited. She had to flap a little bit, so we're good. <laughs> that that was that was Stevie flapping. Hello, sweetie. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, going back, you said you said earlier that you that you pester, you bitch, you ask nicely, you use a broken record technique mm-hmm. for maps. Leads me into my other question, and that is: Have you ever been blacklisted from a race before, where just the race that that you've heard the race just did not want you there? Um, if I have, I haven't heard. <laughs> let's see. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Well, let's see. There. Um, there's not a race that I haven't been able to go back. But that said, I think. Um, um, well, God's. I think if I went to God's own, it's fine because I bring something. But I don't. But they don't really care if I'm there because they don't need me. So right. Um, but 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 they've never said to you, "We don't want no, you back." No, if um, yeah, and they, if I if I went, like I had actually had a chance to go this year with forty fifty, but I was already going to Belize, and I I would they would have been. Um, you know, I'd have been fully credentialed, and they'd have used my stuff. But um, it's like it's, it's like they don't need any American teams going there because they fill with us with Kiwis. But if one shows up, that's fine. So, okay. Yeah, but I don't think I've been blacklisted. Why? How many have you been Fair blacklisted enough. from? <laughs> what did you say? How many have you been blacklisted from? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been blacklisted from any, okay. but I do know of somebody who's been blacklisted for a couple years. Okay. So. But I personally, I have not been. I, I do not know of any sleep monsters that have been, but from another media, I do know somebody, which is actually why I was asking the question. Okay. Yeah. I All can right. See now let's have, go ahead. No, I can see, you know, it's, it's, it's a sport, our sport, you could be, you could be critical, but you sort of need to be, a, you know, in baseball they call it a homer, you know, the broadcaster that sort of roots for the home team. So, um, yeah, it, it's too small a sport to be hypercritical of. And so I can see if, yeah, if you're hypercritical of my race, like, I don't want you coming back. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's an interesting point, actually, because so you you asked me if I'd ever been blacklisted. No, I haven't been. Um, there's been some races that weren't actually adventure races that I I wasn't critical of, but um, talking about hitting, I think it's a baseball term, hitting it straight down the field. Yeah. Um, if you just t- if you tell it exactly like it is, I can remember one race where a lot of people wrote to me afterwards and said, "Dude, you're never going to get back invited back yeah. to that race." And I was actually one of the only media invited back. So I don't know how that works. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's just be be who you are and tell the truth. Going back going back to your questionnaire, yeah. just tell the truth. And, and so we've talked about this ahead. a little bit. And I mean, you could you can tell the truth in a good way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even if, even if it's bad, you can you can tell it, and not, you can tell the truth about a bad thing and not be critical. And I think that's the way it should Absolutely, be. Absolutely, because the bottom the bottom line is nobody's a fool. Yeah. I mean, if you if you if you're if you're if you're saying the sky was blue and it was pouring down with rain, yeah. it just it just doesn't fly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as we're closing up this interview, let's have some fun. Okay. All right. All right. So, imagine this. Okay. You are 
putting on an adventure race. Mm -hmm. You are now a race director. You've gone from being legendary Randy Erickson, the photographer, to being legendary Randy Erickson, the race director. And you get to get put together your dream media team to cover the race. So anybody, any media outlet from around the world, who would be your team that you would invite? So I'm looking for my people, not the outlets. Okay. Is that what you're saying? I mean, yeah. You're looking looking for, you're looking for, so you're looking, you're looking for, you're you're putting together an actual media team. So you're saying, okay, I want somebody to take pictures. I want somebody to cover the race. I want somebody to do social media. I want film. You're putting you're, you're putting together the tightest media team you can. Okay, so I'm I I'm not asking the New York Times. I'm not getting the New York Times to come. So, all right. Well, okay. Even even if I wasn't talking to you, you'd be on the list because I like your writing. Um, okay. Even though you don't appear to be making much headway on the books. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Chris, I mean, no offense, that goes without saying, too. Um, okay. Andreas, just because he. Who's Andreas? Andreas Strand. If you don't know, then I don't like you. <laughs> okay. So, and he, well. Yeah. Go on. So, because he. Uh, I think he was at. Um, oh, so like the first two races I covered, he was there um, in Switzerland and Untamed. So, and he is still taking one of my favorite pictures of me ever um, with me. Which one is that? Uh, black and white. I'm um, sitting behind my laptop at night so from Untamed New England, so it goes way, way back. Okay. Um, where, where, where is Andreas based? Sweden. Okay, so you've got some deep pockets for this race. Okay, who next? Well, come on. You said dream team. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to build this picture, okay? We've got money flying. Yep. Um, Scott Elmendinger, who has done... And who is he? He's a video guy. Worked with him in Belize two, a couple of times. We got along. It was just the two of us this year in Belize. Um, okay. And he's just he's just really good. Um, and I'm trying to think, um, there's, I mean, there's a bunch, uh, this, what makes this hard is there's a bunch of people that I kind of like, I mean, I like them all, but I'm not going to have 50 people on the media team. So, uh, and put them all in one van. Yeah. So you, you got, um, Daniel, um, Johan Lindell. Um, of course, Aya. Right. She she might make the A team. She she'd probably be my first alternate. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love I love all the different references to different sports we're pulling in here. Yeah. Okay. And um, Kiori would be a good backup. I'd put her on. And who's she? Who, who's um, she? Kiori. Shoot. What um I can never say. Funahashi? Yes. Yes. She's a really You're welcome. Um <laughs> so, cause I, she's done Cowboy Tough a couple of times. You know, so you know, part of it is the people that you uh you know, you really meld with and spend time with. Right. Right. Um and then I'm going to say, and you don't know either of these, 
Greg Diamond and okay. and uh, Zach Perry. They're our drivers. Okay, do you want to tell us about? Okay. So Greg, uh, two years ago, said, "Hey, do you want?" Went to Raid Gaspasi. Says, "Hey, I always wanted to go there. You want me to come drive?" So he like go over there, and uh, fantastic. He's actually going to come down to Cowboy Tough and uh, drive Chris and me around. It, it's it's kind of nice to have a driver. And and what's I was going to say that's something we haven't touched on on either one of our interviews: the importance of driving, yeah. good driving. Both and then Zach was our intern driver at Belize. If you've seen the video of the idiot jumping off the dam with a pack raft, right? That's Zach. Um, is that you can't call him an idiot? Yeah, yeah, he's the intern. He's he. Okay. Uh, he took a little training. It took a day or two to, before he realized that it's like, when we got to go, we got to go. Um, oh, no, not one of those people. I mean, once he knew that, it was fine. But, you know, he just... Randy, maybe maybe, maybe we should spell it out for our listeners who don't see it from our point of view, exactly what we mean by being one of those kind of people. Would you like to elaborate on that? Well, just... Uh, like, okay, we're we're leaving in twenty minutes. In twenty minutes, they're not around. And and what people don't realize is, when we go, you go as hard as you can when you're traveling, because you don't want to miss a team by two minutes. Right. So, um, yeah. So you just got to you just you just go hard, fast, get there, you know, so you don't miss them. If you miss them, it's like, well, we did everything we can. So. Absolutely, yeah. but if if you if but if you missed them because you were waiting for somebody who was faffing around, yep. that person is going to be extremely unpopular. Yeah. So, but I mean, literally after, um, I don't know, six hours, you know, Zach knew that and understood it, and we were fine. And Greg, and did you have to spe- did you, did you have to spell it out for him, or did he pick it up on? No, I mean, we were like Zach when we say we got to go, we got to go because and it, and told him why, and he's like, oh, okay. So, yeah, that's the important part. Also, is just to say yeah. why, and then even even if, even if we think it's obvious, yeah. and then the last person on the team, and this is just this is just for like six people in the world, is um, Scott Barbosa. <laughs> and who's Scott Barbosa? Uh, that's for six people in the world to know. Oh goodness! <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll explain it to you someday in person. But that sounds really interesting. I'm just writing this down. But but <laughs> to remember to ask you. But just just remember, just realize this: that those six people that just heard that are laughing hysterically. <laughs> you know, considering how many millions of listeners you have on your podcast, and I'm sure are listening to this 200th episode. Yeah. The fact that you just told a private joke that only six people will get means it's a pretty exclusive club. Yep. Not bad. It's pretty, All right. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Yep. All right. One last question. Okay. And then we're going to wrap this up because we went so long on the last interview we did together that I actually made myself a promise that I would try to keep this one a little well, that's bit tighter. Okay. But I got – okay, so, wait. Before you ask your last because I had people have questions for me. Oh. So – so, who are they? And Andrea exactly. Anderson, who was in Belize, she was okay. she was the um, she asked the uh, the stereotype question. Best and worst six hours. 
Okay. So, it, it, well, I'm not saying this is cheating because everybody should know by now that I'll ask that. So the the worst six hours, of course, for me was the easiest because it is for everybody. And that's when Paulette got here in Idaho. I had to sit in this parking lot where I had a cell signal for like at least six hours, probably closer to eight without knowing anything. Ooh. And and Ooh. and I couldn't go anywhere because if I could have went shot, at least then you're just not sitting there. Think right. So that was the worst. The best took me a long time, but I finally decided it was the – the big trek at XPD World where they went up over the mountain because I'd been there the day before and went up the trail and then realized that the next morning there were like there were going to be like 15 teams in the TA that would, would start that at dawn. So I went, right. I went, started a couple hours before dawn and probably in that morning in six hours, you know, ran into 10, 15 teams, you know, just these really cool places. Um, on top of this mountain in the middle of nowhere and did a, a live a live interview with the Swiss Power Bar teams because it just happened to get a signal up there. So I'm going to say, right. say that's the, the best. Um, okay. And then... Paul, Sounds pretty magical to me. It was. It was. I mean, when, when I thought of it, it's like, yeah, that's that was definitely it. Um, and then Paul Ayers, I liked, I really liked, this is a really good question. <laughs> he Shout out Paul Ayers. He's like, what would it take for me to do an adventure race? Good question. Good question. So I have two answers. In the first okay. one is you got to see me up with Nathan, Stu, <laughs> Stu Lynch. Mar- and, and Mary Chandler, and they right. and they all get a hundred thousand dollar bonus if we finish. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'd finish. I'm pretty sure you would. Yeah. So, so then, me being me, I thought about it and I thought, okay, what would it really take? And I actually have an answer. It would take a network, TV network, not just internet, to want to do a show about me doing a race. So no ego. But if that happened, I would do an adventure race. All right. All right. Well, that to me seems like you're sending out feelers to the medias. So, but not none of this damn online streaming stuff. Well, maybe Netflix. Okay, well, making so so basically, you'd want your own TV show. Yeah, and, and my reasoning is like that would be the one thing that um, would be good for the sport. So, but Randy, would it be good for your ego? I'm fine with that. I'm. I've been messed up on the trail. <laughs> I've been miserable and crappy and looking bad. So I'm. I'm teasing you. <laughs> I'm teasing about your Napoleonic ego. You know, I have the boyish looks, but I think I even, I'm even better ruggedly handsome. So, <laughs> so you think it's, it's a done deal. All yeah. right. Let us know when Hollywood comes calling. Yeah. And make sure you talk to the rest of us when you're rich and famous. I still will. 
look, I always, I still, I talk to the little people now. Why wouldn't I when I'm a star? Well, we'll have to wait and find out. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> any other? Did you have any other questions? Nope. Those are the that two. Those now? are two good ones. Oh, before we close up, should we tell them that you're my dealer? Oh yes, and I. I should we explain? Should we explain that to your listeners? Um, no. <laughs> so, but I get my stuff from Scott Barbosa. So. <laughs> Maybe we should just say something so that we so that we don't have whatever federal agencies in charge of that knocking okay. on our doors and they just say it has to deal with chocolate. <laughs> All right. Marie really, 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 really likes you really, really like what? Reese's peanut butter cups that you cannot get in France. So fortunate And I happen to I I happen to mention that just in passing we were shooting the BS one late night in Portugal as we were covering the race to Mr. Legendary Randy Erickson, who I'm interviewing on this podcast, and I just happened to casually mention it. So, well, go on. Well, so I sent you some, but see, and so I went to my mailbox, <laughs> and nobody, you don't these days, we don't get anything in our mailboxes besides from bills. And I opened it up, and I had a package from the states, and I opened it, and it was Reese's peanut butter. Cups and you have no idea how happy it made me. And it was such a random, nice gesture. <laughs> Just a simple, nice gesture that was so incredibly kind. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's something that will explain explain me better than anything else in the world. That Go egotistical. Ahead. Okay, so all right, I'm going to accept that as a a nice random nice gesture, which it is, but it's because the hardware store where I'm at, at least every day, has them right by the checkout counter. <laughs> That's absolute nonsense because we would get more stuff in the mail if you didn't have to get it, if you didn't have to put it in the box, if you didn't have to take it to the post office. Come on, forget the hardware store. It was a nice thing. Just take a bow and say you're a nice dude. I am a nice, I right, am a let's, nice let's, dude, let's, but it's easy for me. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay, but last question. So, last question. We wrap up this interview, right. and then I hand you back the keys to your kingdom, and we stop this car ride. What are your future plans for the podcast? Um. Well, technical wise, I have to go back. I think and um, reconvert everything because I'm running out of space, storage space. Okay. What does that What does that mean? Storage space. Okay. Yeah. So. Somewhere along the line, I started um, putting these out in mono, which takes up half as much space. So I need to go back and do like 150 episodes, just um, reconvert them in mono and then upload them and switch them around. And I just haven't got around to it because otherwise I'm going to run out of storage space. And the, the alternative to that is to um, delete some of them and put them – I mean I have them all – on a hard drive here and what right. what other some podcasts do is they'll take some and then take like 50 and put on a hard drive and if people want to want the back episodes you know 10 bucks on a hard drive so um so that's technical um i just going to keep after it i don't have any um you know made 200 i'm i figure i'll go to 300 um okay it's uh there's there are times when it's kind of a pain, 
like when I'm trying to find a, a gap and trying to set up times and um, but then there's times <laughs> like after uh, God's Own and Beliefs where I got I mean I had like I did like 10 interviews in two weeks so then I kind of get a little break from doing interviews right so um, which worked out good but then they get a little bit dated but I think that's fine so because um, I always tried after races to get you know uh, you know a few few different shows after a race so people could hear about them so I'll probably just keep doing that um, I don't know keep thinking maybe I should do some different podcasts but it's like you know in my spare time <laughs> you've got so much of it yeah so I really want to do on off-road truck racing because there's actually money there but okay. but it's like then I'm starting from scratch again and I don't want to do that so no I think I'll oh, just Randy, thank you thank you so much for the invitation to host your 200th podcast I'm deeply honored mm-hmm. and I hope that everybody around the world is popping open a, a cork of champagne and, and cheering you because you do a lot of work for adventure racing and for the sport. So congratulations on your 200th podcast and thank you for the honor, honor of interviewing you, yes. Mr. Legendary Randy Erickson. Woohoo! Yeehaw! Well, thank you. And and just to close this out, I guess it's my podcast now. In, <laughs> it is. I've handed over the keys. Yeah. <laughs> it's all yours. <laughs> in, in, in just a short few seconds not very long you're going to hear the song that Anne Marie picked out for the end of the podcast song so eh, pressure's on <laughs> alright well go fast take chances yeah I will um, except not right now I'm going to go take my mom to lunch well happy Mother's Day in the States and thank you mom for giving us such a wonderfully kind man who are you talking about? <laughs> I think it's, wait a minute, wait a minute, Joe, wait a minute, uh, Jimmy, uh, Stevie, Chili Dog, Paulette, they're all females, right? Yep. I'm. All right. I answered your question. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, this was fun. Take good care, Randy. Congratulations. All right. We'll, uh, we'll chat sometime not online. I, I, I found out you do that. Did you know that? You can talk to people How when you you're not reading. You can chat not online. Ex- well, explain. Well, you can chat for a podcast. You can just. Really? Yeah, you can, those, are those like normal conversations? Yeah, you can just talk to people. What an odd concept. It is. <laughs> Happy Sunday, Randy. Take good care. All right. It was fun. You did good. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. My pleasure. Bye. Bye. Guess who just got back today? Them wild-eyed boys that been away Haven't changed, haven't much to say But man, I still think them cats are crazy They was asking if you were around How you was, where you could be found Told them you were living downtown Driving all the old men crazy The boys are back in town The boys are back in town
Yeah. 